Let's pray. Our Father who is in heaven, good morning, Father. Good morning, big brother Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Hallowed be your name. How we pray in our worship today, in our singing, and in our gifts, and the preaching of your word, that your name would be treated as holy. And then as we leave here this week, may we treat your name as holy throughout this week. Your kingdom come, King Jesus. May your spirit give us the desire and the power to follow you, King Jesus. May, may we go out and help spread your kingdom this week, telling others about our marvelous king. And King Jesus, we look forward to that day you come back and your kingdom is here in all of its fullness. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us and give us the desire to do God's will on earth. And may it spread from person to person so that your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know our needs individually and as families, as a church, meet our financial needs and our physical needs. Oh, and our relational needs, forgive us our debts. Oh, we've sinned, Lord, forgive us. As we also forgive our debtors, may we Having been forgiven so much now, may we forgive those who've wronged us. And our spiritual needs lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, deliver us from the evil that's in us, our flesh. Deliver us from the world around us that's always trying to squeeze us into its mold. Deliver us from the evil one. Oh, as we open up your word today, teach us, for we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um, do you have questions? Listen, there's answers. There's answers in Genesis. Today, where uh, message is called Answers in Genesis. If you're new this week, this year we're walking through the book of Genesis together the word Genesis means origins. We're walking through Genesis because there's so many answers there. Where did everything come from? Where did man come from? Where did evil come from? Where did marriage come from? Where did government come from? All, all in the book of Genesis. If you want more, I want to recommend a resource to you. It's my favorite book on Genesis. It's called The Genesis Record. If you have questions about days and and, uh, and, and, and about the ark. It's, it's written by a Christian geologist. It's a commentary on the book of Genesis, and it is so, so good. I highly recommend it to you if you'd like to do a little more depth in what we're doing on Sunday mornings. The Genesis record by Henry Morse, so good. Now, last week, last week, we started this walk through Genesis, and we read the first verse in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so last week we learned the first verse in the Bible is the most important verse in the Bible. That if you believe the first verse, you'll find that you're able to believe everything else that follows. And uh, that's what we learned about last week. What we're going to learn this week, the point of the message today is that I believe in creation because Jesus did, the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. Would you say that with me? 
I believe in creation because Jesus did, the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. So here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to walk through this first chapter, and, and I'm going to explain it to you a little bit. And then, at the end, I'll come back and tell you why I believe it. I believe in creation because Jesus did, and the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. I mean, have you ever wondered how did it all start? This is such a good chapter. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. So on the first day, God created everything out of nothing, space, time, matter. And then he energized everything through the Holy Spirit. And Of course, last week, someone comes up to me and after the service and says, well, how could God create light on the first day and he didn't create the light givers until the fourth day? Uh, listen, God is light. If you read the last chapter in the Bible on the new earth, you know what it says? There won't be a sun. You know why? Because God will provide the light. So God is light, and so there was light on the first day, and then God would create the light givers on the fourth day. Now, we will see many patterns, many patterns. One is we'll see in this chapter God separates things. He separates light from darkness and later other things. And notice it will always end that there was evening and there was morning one day. Then God said, now, um, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and every single verse in he, in, from verse 2 on begins with and, 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 because it all happened in six days. It goes and, and, and. Matter of fact, if you have a King James Version, you'll see it. Because in the King James Version, every verse, except for verse 27, starts with and. And, and, and. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning a second day. So on the second day, God creates the atmosphere. He separates water from above the atmosphere from water that's below the atmosphere. Uh, it's believed that there was a water canopy uh, around the earth that protected the earth from a lot of the harmful sun rays and all that we receive now, and it made for a much more moderate temperature over all the earth. The world was very different before the fall and before the flood than it was after it. And then we come back, and there was evening, and there was morning a second day. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. See, now God separates the waters from the land, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he calls seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind and with seed in them. Notice the word after their kind. That will be repeated 10 times 
in this chapter, after their kind, after their kind. Maybe God was putting it in there so that years later, when we think that kinds change, that we would see what God's word says, after their kind, after their kind. Then notice, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a third day. Notice God made grasses and bushes and trees and they were mature, right? He made mature trees with seeds in them. So if you saw an oak tree and you looked at it, it would have what the appearance of being what? Perhaps hundreds of years old, even though it was one minute old because God made trees, right? Not seeds, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Notice God is creating the earth to be inhabited. And God is putting the stars and the sun and the moon in the sky for, for, so that there would be light on earth. So God provided the light on the first day and the light givers on the fourth day. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. Well, you know, Smiley, the moon doesn't generate light. That's true. But it provides light on earth as it reflects the sun, right? So God made the sun and God made the moon. And uh, sometimes God shows off. Doesn't he? Did, did you hear what it said? It said what he made the stars also. The one we pray to, he made the stars also. It wasn't taxing for him to do. Isn't that amazing? Millions and millions of stars. Oh, oh, he did that also. And God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. They're there to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. So God put them in the sky for a sign for seasons, right? So that what? So that sailors could do what? As they crossed the ocean, they could what? They could navigate by the stars that God placed in the sky with order and design. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind. Notice that, after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind, and God saw that it was good. So on the fifth day, God made all the fish in the sea and he made the birds in the sky, right? And then God blessed them. That is, God gave the birds and the fish the ability to do what he was going to ask them to do. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. Now notice that, be fruitful and multiply will be a reoccurring theme in chapter 1 and throughout the Bible. And even today, isn't that what we're called to do as disciples? What we're called to what? To be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth, right, with disciples, right? Oh, there was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Um, now listen, the story's getting better. 
It's, it's, it's moving toward the climax of creation, the crown of creation. It's getting close. We're not there yet, but it's close. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth after their kind uh, and, and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind and God saw that it was good. So God made crawling creatures and he made domesticated animals and he made the big animals. People often say, well, what about dinosaurs? Well, God made them too. Did you know that the word dinosaur wasn't used until the mid-1800s? So the Bible doesn't mention dinosaurs, but do you know what it mentions a lot? Dragons, right? Dragons? Aren't they in every culture that people talk about dragons, isn't it? But, but now we come to the best part. Now we come to the best part. <clears throat> then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God had made the earth, and now he made man. Huh. Now, what do we believe about God? That there's one God, right? And yet we believe what that God is one yet more than one, right? That there are three persons and the one Godhead. Don't we believe that? So, so don't we see both here, don't we? How does it start off? Then God said what? Singular, right? And then what? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So, so we see both the oneness and the threeness of God right here in chapter 1, don't we? Oh, the story gets even better. Notice what's happening then God said, let us make man in our image. Who's God talking to? Who's talking? You said it. He's talking to each other. We get a glimpse inside the Godhead where the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are having a conversation. And they're saying, let us make us in our image. You ever wonder why God made us? Do you think he was lonely? Do you think he was bored? No, no. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were so full of love and joy that they decided to expand the family and include us so that we could experience his love and joy forever. We were made for a person to experience the love and joy of God forever, and we were made for a place. We were made to live on earth in paradise as it was in the beginning. Um, I mean, it's kind of like parents having kids, isn't it? I mean, why do parents have kids? You think we're bored or have nothing to do? No, no, it's... Listen, let's expand the family and let our children experience the love and joy we have, right? Oh, so it says here that God made man in his image. So, so what does that mean? Uh, well, here's a little of what it means, that God is a relational being, right? That, that God lived in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with one another. So God made us relationally. We're meant to do life with God and others. We're meant to do life in community, right? We're not meant to be alone. To be made in God's image, God is an intellectual being. He has a mind and can think, and we have minds and we can think. 
And God's an emotional being. He has emotions. He can be grieved, and we can be grieved too. We have emotions like God. And God's a volitional being. He makes choices, and we make choices too. But listen, when God made us, when God made us, He made us body and spirit, right? It's not just our spirit that's made in the image of God. In some way, our bodies are made in the image of God. I, I know, you'll say, but God doesn't have a body. That's true. But follow me a little bit. God sees, doesn't he? And we have what? We have eyes and what we see, don't we? And God hears, doesn't he? And we have ears and what? We hear too. And God smells, doesn't he? I mean, he smells the sacrifices of his people. And we have noses and we smell too, right? And God speaks, doesn't he? And so we have a mouth and we speak too because we're made in this image, both spirit and body. And God walks with Adam and Eve in the garden, doesn't he? And don't we walk too? Because we're made in his image. Listen, our body and spirit, God made us whole. And our whole being in some way is made in the image of God. <clears throat> now, people are made in the image of God. That means there is a qualitative difference between creatures and people. Only man is made in the image of God, and that means that every human being, whether they're unborn or elderly or anywhere in between, listen, they are of great, great value. It means people, no matter what color they are, they are made <clears throat> in the image of God and of great value. And then you say, well, what about the fall? What about sin? And I want you to know the, the sin, the sin shattered God's image, but it didn't destroy it. I mean, if you have a mirror, you have a mirror, and you throw it down, what happens? It shatters, doesn't it? But then in every little piece, you still see a reflection, right? And so when we see people, no matter how flawed they are, we see the image of God in them because people are made in the image of God. Um, God created man in his own image. You ever feel like you're junk? No, God created you in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Now notice here too, male and female, he created them. Some, something of being made in God's image is being male and female. Um, in just a moment, he's going to talk about marriage. I, I really believe a husband and wife together, male and female together, who become one flesh, most clearly reflect what God is like. But notice, in our day, where there is some confusion that God made two sexes. He made people male and female. And in the next verse, I want you to know he did this for a purpose. Listen, God made us a male or female, and he made us a male or female for a purpose. God blessed them and God said to them, to the male and the female, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, guys, I want you to understand God is really cool because God's first command was, you know what, right? Was to have sex. Did you know that? The first instruction that God gave to mankind was to have sex, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, let's tell the whole story, okay? Because the whole story is get married, a male and a female, 
and then be fruitful, that the first purpose for sex given in the Bible wasn't for pleasure, wasn't for oneness. It was that we would partner with God and bring human beings into the world who were made in the image of God. Wow. So be fruitful and multiply. Now notice what it says next. What and what? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Do we ever hear today, there's too many people? There's too many people. There's, do you know God loves people? Did you know that? Because people are made in the image of God. And he wants us to fill the earth with people. But isn't that going to destroy the planet? I've read the book. That's not how it all ends. How it ends is Jesus comes back. And heaven comes to earth. That's how it ends. So God says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now notice what he says next. Um, and subdue it. This is what's called the creation mandate or the cultural mandate, that man is supposed to subdue God's creation, sub to subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That the Bible says that Christians should be the greatest environmentalists because we believe it's God's world, right? Now, there's always two cliffs we can fall off of, and one cliff many fall off in our culture is they worship Mother Earth. We don't believe the earth is our mother. We believe God is our father, right? But the opposite cliff is there are other people who are, who are out to like to destroy the earth. No, no, we see God not only loves people. Listen, the earth is the crown of his creation, and we're put here to be good stewards of God's creation. We're going to spend all of eternity on earth. Um. So God made us in his image, gave us uh, a task to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and then to rule over his creation to be good stewards. And then God provides for us food to eat. Then God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed and it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. God and I are not alike. I start something trying to do a really good job, right? And then by the end, I just want to get it done. Anybody else like that? But did you notice, God? Five times it was good. It was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. Day six, it was very good because now he had made man, the crown of his creation, made in his image. And I want you to know, when God looked on all that he made, it was very good. Did you notice that he gave us plants to eat? On the sixth day, there was no death. People didn't kill animals and animals didn't kill people. And animals didn't kill one another. There was no death. Death would come into the world as the result of man's sin. When God looked over all that he had made, it was very good, no death. Think of one more thing that would mean. That would mean that Satan had not fallen yet, right? Isn't that true? Because Satan is a created being, isn't he? And yet when God looked out on all that he had made, it was still what? Very good. 
Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their host. By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. By the way, God wasn't tired, okay? Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from his work which God had created and made. So God created everything in six days. Why six days? He could have done it in one. You know why he did six days? He was setting a pattern for us that work is good and rest is good, that you work six days and then you rest. Matter of fact, if you'd like to learn more about work and rest, come back next week. Why don't you bring someone with you and we'll explore work and rest, okay? But, but we've learned enough today that, that God... Well, well, let me back up and say, I believe in creation. I believe in creation, okay? And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is that God created everything from nothing in six days. And I don't like to say literal days, ordinary days. When I say day, don't we all understand what I mean? That God created everything out of nothing in six days. And it was very good. Now next, I want you to know I believe in creation because Jesus did. Jesus did. If you're new here, checking out the Christian faith, welcome. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. That means that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That means that his view of creation has become mine. What well, wasn't always that way. It wasn't all that way. Matter of fact, let me read you <clears throat> a great verse. Many years ago, I was invited to, to Young Life. And when I went to Young Life, uh, my young life leader opened the Bible and began to read the Bible to me, began to share the gospel with me, and here's what happened. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. When my young life leader opened the Bible, God said, let there be light. The same one who spoke. The same one who spoke and light came out of darkness, shone in my eye, in my life. And you know what happened? I saw myself as I had never seen myself before. I saw my sin and I said, uh-oh, I am exposed. I am in big trouble. It's not just true of me. It's true of all of us. Has that God ever shown into your life? Wow, when the light comes on, we go, uh-oh, we have said, we have done, we have fought things against God. We shouldn't have. We're in big trouble. It's true of all of us. But then I heard about Jesus. Have you ever heard about Jesus? Oh, I had heard about him. But one day the light came on. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. I saw Jesus, that Jesus is God who became a man because he wanted to save me and us from our sins, that he lived a perfect life for me and for us, that he died on the cross, took my sins upon himself, stretched out his hands and said, Smiley, I love you this much. 
do you know the Creator loves you enough to stretch out His hands on the cross and say, I love you this much? Jesus died for my sins and our sins, and, and, and He rose and He offered me eternal life. And when you've seen your sin and you've seen Jesus and He offers you eternal life, you say, I want that, right? He says, I want to forgive you. Let's do life together. Let's do eternity together with the person and place you were made for. Man, have you ever seen yourself? Have you ever seen Jesus? Have you ever received this gift? Oh, best decision ever. Listen, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, believing in Jesus is as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. And so there was a day having seen myself and having seen Jesus, where I admitted, Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. And if you've never done that, won't you? And then, and, th and then I believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose, won't you? And then I committed to Jesus as Savior. I want you to forgive me and give me eternal life, won't you? And I want you to be Lord of my life. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so Jesus moved in and I was saved. He was my Savior and Lord. And when Jesus moved in, he said, I'm in charge now, follow me. And as I began to follow Jesus, then I realized that Jesus believed in creation. Did you know that? One day, some religious leaders came up to Jesus and they asked him, is it okay to divorce your wife for any reason at all? Now, now notice this in Matthew 19. Mark this down. You need to know where this is. You need to know. Jesus answered and said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning? Did you hear that? Jesus affirms that Genesis 1 is true. He doesn't say, haven't you read that after millions of years of animals killing each other, man evolved? Notice what he says. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning on the sixth day made them male and female? He affirms Genesis 1. Then he moves to Genesis 2. The next verse is Genesis 2. For, and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Everyone in this room, we have a choice. We can trust Jesus or man. We can trust Jesus who was there, who knows everything and is not scarred by sin, or we can trust in man who was not there, isn't all-knowing, and is scarred by sin. You can choose who you want. I'm trusting Jesus. You know what my default is? Always trust the one who walked out of the grave. Seems like a good idea to me, too, doesn't it? Always trust the one who walked out of the grave. I believe in creation because Jesus did. I believe in creation because Jesus did, the Bible teaches it. I want you to understand Jesus affirmed the Bible as both God's word and true. Let me show you that in John 17, here's what Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is true. So, um, listen, Jesus says, if we want to know where everything came from, we should open up the Bible because the Bible is true and God's word. So let me ask you something. If God wanted to communicate to us that he created everything from nothing in six days, might he say it like this? 
And there was evening and there was morning one day. And there was evening and there was morning a second day. There was evening and there was morning a third day. There was evening and there was morning a fourth day. There was evening and there was morning a fifth day. There was evening and there was morning a sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their hosts. By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from his work which God had created and made. And if God had wanted to communicate to us that he had made man after millions of millions of years, couldn't he have said it a little more clearly? You see, I believe in creation because Jesus did, the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. It fits the world I live in. Now, I've taught you this before. Maybe you're new, but this is so important. How do we know something is true? Listen, we start with the standard of truth, the standard of truth, and the standard of truth is Jesus. He said, I am the, the truth. So what does Jesus say? We start with the word because his word is true. That's the standard of truth, but the evidence of truth, does what Jesus say fit the world I live in? Does what the Bible teach, does it fit the world I live in? And I submit it does. Listen, if you open up the Bible, it says that plants reproduce after their own kind, doesn't it? And I would just ask you, as you look in the world around you, do you see that plants reproduce after their own kind? The Bible says that animals reproduce after their own kind. When you look at the world around you, does that fit? Listen, the Bible says that marriage is to be between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, because it takes a man and woman to have children. Does that fit the world we live in? Does it? Listen, the Bible teaches that people are made in the image of God. Isn't that true? I mean, I can hold a puppy and it's cute. But we have six kids. When I held our children, I don't care what some professor says. I knew my children were made in the image of God. Didn't you? Listen, the Bible fits the world I live in. Listen, the Bible says that design things have a designer. Now listen, every day I drive down 207 and I go by those apartment buildings. They're huge, right? You ever seen them? They're they're just going up. Now imagine you have two people. One believes in people and one doesn't. And they're both trying to explain how that building got there. Might they come to different conclusions? I don't believe in people. Now how do you explain the building? Well, it must have taken a long time, right? Well, well that's stupid, Smiley. I mean, how can not someone not believe in people? Well, someone who believes in people would say, well, it's pretty easy. People just made it. That's what people do. So what about creation? Do you know that God says he has clearly revealed himself in creation? Listen, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Anyone who's held a baby, anyone who's seen a zebra, anyone who's seen a peacock, anyone who's seen the stars in the sky at night, know there's design, and design things have a designer. 
Now notice, for even though they knew God, they saw, they understood, and knew, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Sin is not about ignorance, it's about rebellion. They push the truth down. Notice this. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Uh, You do know how the Bible defines a fool, don't you? You know how? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So many people have rejected a creator and now they worship the creation and the creator. I don't know about you, but I'm going to worship and follow the creator and not the creature. I believe in creation because Jesus did. The Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. That's what I want you to know, and what I want you to do this week is I want you to share with someone this week what you learned about creation. I want you to share with someone this week what you learned, and here's why. The more you give Jesus away, the more real he becomes to you. It's only when you share this with others that you'll understand it yourself. So this week, um, I'm always arguing with people whether we think too highly of ourselves or too lowly, but I believe this week you will talk to someone who's suffering from low self-esteem. Could we agree with that? I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not good enough. I'm too young. I'm too old. And when someone you meet this week who's suffering from low self-esteem, here's what I want you to say. Hey, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? And if they say yes, you can say, listen, you're not junk. You're a human being. And you are made in the image of God. You are of great value. Do you think there's anyone in our culture who would love to know that they have value? Do you? Wouldn't you like to be that person? Or this week, maybe you're outside and you see the moon or you're with someone and you're at the beach and why don't you just say, hey, could I share with you what we learned in church this week? And if they say yes, say, listen, what we learned is that God created all of this and it was good. And then if they say, well, why do you believe that? You're ready, right? I mean, you paid attention, didn't you? And not only that, but you've been given the Holy Spirit. You can do it. Why don't you just share with them, hey, I believe in creation because Jesus did. And if they say where, you remember where, right? It was, you don't remember? How can you take them there? You take them to Matthew 19. Here is what Jesus said. You can do it. You heard it. You've got the Holy Spirit. You can do it. And then you can share with them. The Bible teaches it. And they say, where? Come on, you know there, right? Where? Genesis 1 is where the Bible teaches it, right? Where have we spent the last three hours? The Bible teaches it. Take them to Genesis 1. The power is in the Word. Just read it with someone. Invite them to come and see. And then and it fits the world that we live in. If they say how? Well, the Bible says Plants and animals reproduce after their own kind. Isn't that the world we live in? Listen, you've been taught. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You can do it. 
Share with someone this week what you learned and see what Jesus will do. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad you came to save us because we matter so much to you. Listen, if you're here today and you've never believed in Jesus, won't you take that first step? Won't you admit to him? Jesus, I've sinned against you and and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit? Jesus, I want you to come in and be my Savior and and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for every one of us who's received you as Savior and Lord that we would have confidence in creation and believe it because you did and your Bible teaches it and it fits the world we live in. And Lord, I pray this week we would go out and share that story with others. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.